The internet should be a safe space for everyone to be who they want to be, but sadly, there are lots of us who experience bullying online. Cyberbullying takes many forms, from hurtful comments to online harassment and cyberstalking. I'm one of many people who has experienced bullying online, so I know firsthand how it can affect you offline too. That's why I'm so proud to be partnering with Urban Decay to highlight their ongoing campaign with the CyberSmile Foundation, who are committed to promoting digital well-being. The campaign is called Online Bullying Hurts IRL, and it aims to educate people about how cyberbullying can affect mental health and offer support for those who need it. Urban Decay and CyberSmile have made educational modules and a digital changemaker toolkit, which are all designed so that we can recognize the signs, responsibly intervene, and positively change the conversation. Head to cybersmileeducation.org forward slash urban decay. We can build a safer world online for everyone by learning and talking and making positive impact through considered social media use. If you're struggling right now, we have got you. And remember to talk to people you trust. You are never alone offline, even if you feel it online. Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. This podcast is all about empowerment and open conversations with incredible guests. So let's get straight into it. We are in the studio today and the category is icons only as we are joined by Billy Porter to prepare to experience all emotions from laughter to tears. After winning a Tony for Kinky Boots, a Grammy and an Emmy for Pose, Billy isn't slowing down anytime soon as he drops his seventh studio album, Black Mona Lisa, which is on repeat in my house all day, every day at the moment. Today we talk about how this album has been 30 years in the making and Billy tells me everything about the struggles and discrimination he's had to overcome to become the legend he is. Billy broke my heart when he cried talking about the lessons he's learned from having trauma therapy, finally finding love for himself and dealing with bullying. And in true Billy fashion, he will make us laugh too as he shares his love for English rugby lads. I mean, this is a truly special conversation. I can't wait for you all to hear it. Billy Babes. Welcome to Rain. <laughs> Thank you. How are you doing? I am fantastic. We've got so much to get into today. I mean, where do we even begin? But let's begin with your latest studio album, which is just packed full of hits. I oh. love it. Black Mona Lisa. It's out right now. Right now. And I go think, get it. Go get it. It should be popped in the gallery because it is a masterpiece, just oh, like the actual you. Mona Lisa. Thank what you. is the category for this album? Uh, <laughs> there's not one category, but I would say the category would be love. Mm. Um, you know, this is a music collage that is 30 years in the making for mm. me. My first mainstream R&B album came out in 1997 Mm. and it was great and the business was very homophobic at the time and I was never interested in not being authentic Mm. 
And so there, there wasn't really a place for me. You know, they, they put me out. Um, and blessedly, I have so many other things that I can do. You know, the multi-hyphenated artist. I mean, you can do a lot. Really has served me. Yeah. Thank you. Really has served me. So I've been able to carve out a space for myself and the music, the mainstream music space has returned to me. Mm. And now I get to um, exist inside of the paradigm in my, on my own terms. Mm. And that is magical. I wrote every single song on this record. I call it my magnum opus. Up until this point, I'm sure something else in the future will be just as important, if not more. You know, today, in this moment, being that the singing voice is the original gift and all the original dreams are based on that gift. Mm. And the reason why I'm a multi-hyphenate is because I had that gift, the music gift, the singing gift, the voice that saved me from everything, you know, pulled me out of trauma, saved, you know, helped me be, understand how to dream beyond my circumstance, all of that. So to be able to return to that original space just takes my breath away. It really mm -hmm. does. And um, I'm in love with this music and I, it just makes me really happy. And I really hope the world can receive it in the spirit in which it's being given. Mm. And they should because it's so beautiful and it's also an absolute great time. Thank as you. As well, let's get real. Yeah. Broke a sweat to children. There's so many songs you just want to strut straight into your local gay bar <laughs> listening to and to serve Or any bar. Or any it bar. doesn't have to be just gay bars. No. It can be straight bars. It could be trans bars. Yeah. It could be lesbian bars, you know. Yeah, we want this in the local It could be hotel bars. <laughs> it could be speakeasies, you know. Play it anywhere, bitches. Can I say bitches on here? You can say bitches, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, I kind of said bollocks yesterday on television. I almost lost my mind. I didn't know it was a cuss word. I didn't know bollocks was a cuss word. It sounds like a cartoon word to me. <laughs> bollocks. Like, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Bollocks. It's the yeah. same, you know. It's potato potato, really, right? isn't it? Julie Andrews, they were like, oh, bollocks. You cussed. Anyway, <laughs> the coffee is working. We're awake. Um, what I love about that is, is you do really know how to make an entrance wherever you go. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, especially in this time of year, it is party season and we all need to be making an entrance of our own. We do. We do. How can we nail the entrance you know, this season? The entrance is less about nailing it and more about the confidence you have in yourself. The nailing the entrance is all about confidence. Mm. It's all about self-love. It's all about confidence. It's all about the gag. And everybody has a gag in them. Mm. You just have to believe that for yourself. You know, and that's the hard part. It, take, it took me a long time to get to that, mm. believe you, it or not. When do you think you really found self-love for yourself? I'm still finding it. You know, I I would say really in earnest over the last decade. Um, you know, I really deepened that journey during COVID. 
I went into trauma therapy during COVID. I had a chance to slow down and stop, which is not something as a workaholic that, you know, we ever think about doing. Mm. You know, I don't know that if the world hadn't stopped and we were all forced into this shutdown thing, I don't know that I ever would have had the time, made the time, knew that I need to make the time, needed to make the time to do a different kind of work to heal the trauma in my life mm. so I could really move forward. Mm. You know, I had gotten to a place where like, I had gone as far as I could go, emotionally, spiritually, physically, everything. And I needed <laughs> some more excavation. What's some maybe a, a piece of advice that you got told during that time that's really helped you find this new level in yourself? Self-compassion. I'm so hard on myself. I had no compassion for myself and my trauma therapist spent three months. We spent the first three months just working on self-compassion. Mm. And it's not second nature to us as humans to have self-compassion because that means that you have to forgive yourself. You have to sit in the uncomfortable of not having all the answers, you know, not being perfect, feeling bad and allowing myself to feel bad today. Mm. That's how I feel today. And this too shall pass. You know, just like working through one's humanity. Like that's when we can figure out how to like <sighs> breathe. Yeah and just put one foot in front of the other every day, it will all be okay. It will be okay, yes. I think it's quite sad to hear that you didn't have self-compassion for yourself, given everything that you've given to so many people in so many ways. Yeah, I mean, that's sweet of you. And don't cry for me, Argentina. I have a lot of blessings in my life. Yeah. Right? Even the blessing of coming to the knowledge of understanding that a healing needed to take place to begin with mm. is the gift. So many people don't even know that. So many people don't even recognize that work needs to be done mm. internally on yourself. You know, I'm not a person to ever blame anybody for anything. I take responsibility for all things in my life. Now, with that said, I had to find some compassion in that process. Mm. That that was the space where I would really just beat myself up. Mm. And that's I, such a poignant place to get to. Yeah, it is. It's really um, empowering mm. in the greatest way. And as I get older, my choices, the choices I make in life have gotten way more specific and way more grounded 
and way more present, calculated, measured. Um, you know, I'm 54 years old. It's like it, we, it's time to hit it. I got to. I got things to do, darling. <laughs> We're busy. We've got a long to We're do. We're busy, this. honey. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. <laughs> That's what's so special about this album as well, because there are very, very powerful statements in it. And there's one line that really stuck out to me in More to Learn, and you open with the lyric, I'm alive, what an accomplishment for my kind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that is a powerful statement to open a song with. What does that mean to you? Um... Like I said, I've lived through a lot of trauma. I came out in 1985 when I was 16 years old. We went straight to the front lines to fight for our lives during the AIDS crisis. I was diagnosed with HIV in 2007. I grew up in an environment that essentially cursed me. I grew up in the black church. They told me from their pulpits as often as they could, I would never be blessed. The structure of our societies that look at me as a black man and look at me as a gay man and completely dismiss me from existence on the planet as a human being. All of these things way into my heart. Mm. The only way I know how to respond is through my art. And inside of the art, it's grounded in loving kindness and compassion. Mm. I'm alive. What an accomplishment. I'm not supposed to be here. 2007 was the worst year of my life. February, I was diagnosed with diabetes. March, I had to file for bankruptcy. And by June, I was HIV positive. I had become the statistic that they all said I would be. And guess what? None of that matters. Mm. None of the rhetoric has any credibility anymore because this is what all of that looks like now. This is what the queen looks like. This is what the diabetic looks like. This is what the HIV positive looks like. This is what the bankrupt looks like. Yeah, this is what it looks like. Mm. And you're thriving, not just alive. We can all transcend whatever befalls us. Get back up again. Yeah, we fall down, but we get up. That's such a powerful message to share with us, and I think what's so impressive and so powerful about you as a person is you're sitting here telling us that. Thank you for sharing it with us. Of course. And then you have achieved so much. You are an O away from being an E god, babe. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, yes I am, babe. Yes, I am, babe. Let's just take a moment. 
That is rare. As achievements go, it's rarefied air. Yes, it is. For all you've gone through, and the people who told you you wouldn't be able to get to this point in your life or have this level of success, do you kind of really want to get that Oscar to kind of really prove to them I can do it all? Have you kind of felt like you've done that already? I've already done that. Mm. And I don't make decisions based on other people anymore. Mm. I'm not trying to get validation from the outside anymore. You know, there's a there are two words that I can't stand in relation to the queer community, and that's acceptance and tolerance. I don't need anybody's acceptance or tolerance to give me permission to exist on this planet. I don't need any of that. The demand is respect for my humanity as I respect everybody else's, period. That's it. If you can't do that, move out of my way. Mm. Move. Because there's work to do. So, you know, I am an artist first. And all of the work that I choose is based on service. How can I be of service through the work that I do for a living? What does mm-hmm. that look like? I was watching Oprah over 20 years ago and she had on Maya Angelou and Jan LeVan Sant. And they were talking about that. They were talking about service. And their theory is when you uh, shift your intention to service, everything else will work itself out. And I asked myself what that looked like right after that show. And it was you know, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. It's your queerness. It's that thing that everybody is telling you is your liability. Everybody told me my queerness would be my liability. And it was. For decades, it was. And now it's my superpower. Mm. You know, I am just so grateful that I lived long enough to see this day. I'm alive. What an accomplishment. You know, I lost more friends to AIDS by the age of 21 that my 85-year-old grandmother had. We've been through some stuff, my generation. We have. And for those of us, us who are still here, you know, I used to always, I used to have Survivor's Guild and why am I here and why am I here? And boy, did Pose, I, I never would have imagined when I got into this business in the 80s, that pray, tell, and pose would ever be a thing. Mm. I spent the first 25 years of my life just trying to be straight enough in other people's eyes or be perceived as straight enough so that I could eat. So what's happening right now in the world to me in general, in the queer community, in the black community, in our evolution as humanity, it's magical. And of course, with that comes a pushback. Mm. There's a lot of good shit happening in the world. (laughs) And we don't, we always lean into the negative. Yeah. Speak life into yourselves, y'all. Speak life into us. And that doesn't mean Ignoring the truth, that actually means honoring the truth. Honoring what's real. Mm. And honoring your truth. Honoring my truth, honoring the truth, and being able to 
engage with the world properly. This month marks Anti-Bullying Week and World Kindness Day, so you might have noticed this series of Rain is all about how we can build a safer and more welcoming world online. Bullying, both online and offline, can affect your mental health, and as someone who's experienced bullying in both worlds, I know how isolating that can be. So it feels really special to be partnering with Urban Decay and Cybersmile to talk about their online bullying hurts IRL campaign. Head to cybersmileeducation.org forward slash Urban Decay to find Urban Decay and Cybersmile's educational modules and their digital changemaker toolkit to help call out and stop cyberbullying for good. Together, we can and we will make the internet and social media a safe space for me, for you, and for everyone. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's still very hard to be a queer artist Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. And there is still so much pushback, even though there's a level of acceptance which is the word we want to put in the bin because it just, should just be welcoming for everyone full stop yeah but for you like going through your career you must have seen the way that like homophobic bullying has it's changed a lot and it's gone online it's it's gone into incel groups it's gone behind the scenes it's but still very upfront as well how have you seen homophobic bullying change and morph in your life? I'm just going to say the bullying period. I will use homophobic bullying, but this social media component that has emerged over the last decade, two decades, is the weirdest thing to me. Because it means nothing and everything at the same time. Mm. And I look at it sometimes and I'm so grateful that I lived for the first at least 35 years of my life, if not 40, without it. The bullies were in your face when I was growing up. The bullies were beating your ass after school. Right here. I don't personally understand the effect that somebody typing some bullshit online. I I don't understand that. Mm. That's because I'm too old to understand it. Because I just say, turn it off. Mm. Like, I, I mean, my motto is, I do not now, nor will I ever adjudicate my life or humanity in sound bites on social media. I wake up every morning and say that to myself in the mirror. And every so often I have to stop myself from responding to some bullshit that somebody will write. But I'm gonna tell you this, to not respond is to make it evaporate. Mm. Literally. Mm. 
And that helps when you know yourself and you find it evaporates. Out. Yeah. It evaporates. It goes away. It's probably why I've been at 2.2 million viewers for four years because I don't engage in that other bullshit. Mm. I will not do it. Just for clickbait sake, just for my, my psyche. I need to stay sane. You know, these people use these platforms and hide behind keyboards and say the nastiest stuff. Yeah, it can be, it can hurt my feelings, but I'm not going to let it destroy me. I'm not going to let, like, it's like, oh, and I don't read them that often. It's like every so often, like when I'm waiting somewhere and I'm just scrolling around or something and I'll just scroll and it's something that I like and I just want to see what the, what some of my fans are saying. And then you'll come across one thing. And then that's the thing that you you focus on that you focus on, not the 4000 other things that are like tens, tens, tens across the board. You focus on one thing, that one person, and then you click on that one person and it's like a bot. Yeah. They have like six followers or something. You're like, what? Why am I getting annoyed what? about with Why six do followers? I even? Yeah. Like when you peel back the layers, and I just feel sorry for these kids, you know, because it's all they have. It, it, their lives are based on it. Mm. So it's very real to them. I, I, I don't think I'd be a good therapist. <laughs> For that. I actually kind of think you I, might give the lessons we need. I, I don't know that I'd be a good therapist with the kids in the social media though. Like, put it I away. Think, put it down. <laughs> put it down. I actually think that's Take your little asses off the online. Get take it, get off. It's so weird. Yeah. So you're just gonna keep doing, you're just gonna stay there. I do believe you have an option. Mm. You do. Close that account down mm. and go take a dance class or something. Or play some volleyball or rugby over here. <laughs> <laughs> While we're all into those kind of like sports where you can tackle a boy. Do you know rugby, I mean? honey. Ooh, the Sign English boys, the English countryside boys. Can we talk about y'all for a second? We can get you into know, that. I need a, isn't this a queer do podcast? Child, you know, I like my London. I like my English Tea. countryside boys. Tea. Are you going out to the countryside? Hopefully. <laughs> I'm trying to get invited somewhere to the countryside, honey. See, that coffee has, is good. It's really kitchen now, oat, isn't it? With oat milk now. I'm starting to sweat under these lights. What else? What else you got? How are we doing for time? Where are we at? We're fine. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I like talking to people who actually voice. have something to say. Like it does. It's not always like this. So oh, that, I'm not, babe, you that's know. a strong recommendation. No, I'm serious. It. We can get into some English country boys. In that sounds quite dodgy. <laughs> we'll save that for the end. <laughs> Let's talk more about the music. We will just move that to one side. Yes. Yes. Um. <laughs> I did go to Horse Meat Disco last night, though. Oh, how was so, that? It was fabulous. You've never been? I haven't been to Horse Meat Disco yet. Girl. I know. What are you waiting for? I used Just to be unleashed. So much Clearly. fun. <laughs> so much fun. Oh, so back to the album. Yes. <laughs> One of the things I thought was so poignant, just to circle back to something you said at the beginning of this chat, 
is that you said this was 30 years in the making. Mm. And you mentioned that you lost a lot of friends to the AIDS crisis mm -hmm. and you lost a lot of people along the way. How proud do you think those friends would be of you to know that you are out here now, 30 years on, living your truth, being yourself, and being able to release an album that you want to release? Um, we are the change that we want to see. And it's not lost on me that I'm a part of that generation that helped to kick the doors down for this one. And I get to walk down the trails that I was a part of blazing. And that's not always the case. Actually, very often the percentage is way less than positive. Mm -hmm. It's magical that I get to benefit. You know, I think about when I was teaching at Carnegie Mellon, for instance, and I was in my valley period. It was in my 30s. And, you know, some of my students, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, Griffin Matthews, Patina Miller, you know, what I was saying to these kids are, you have to be authentic. No matter what. That advice in the early 2000s was not working for me yet. It had not worked for me yet. But I believed it enough to plant that in others. And you fast forward to 2013, Tony Award night, and Patina Miller wins a Tony Award for playing the uh, leading player in Pippin, best leading actress in a musical, the same year I win for Kinky Boots. Mm. What a moment. For me, it's like, wow. Wow. You know, and I'm 54, I show up as mother. I'm mother, I'm auntie, I'm daddy, I'm whatever you need, yes. Call yes. me what you want, baby. Call me what you want, whatever you want. And don't be ageist about it either. Because this is what 54 looks like, Henny. I mean, I need all the secrets. Moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. <laughs> and sleep. You moisturize, I can tell. Um, oh my God, stop. You do. I can tell, honey. Yeah. I've only just started doing my own regime, though. It's only really? taken me until the last, like, like, maybe like three months ago. We're not going to get into my beauty regime, but we can, we can discuss that <laughs> we off can, camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you it all. <laughs> I think what's so interesting is, is when you look at your career and what you've done, and we've talked about this quite a bit already, about change. Mm -hmm. And there's been so many changes in our community, in the LGBTQI plus community in that time. But when I was preparing for this interview and I was thinking about that change, I was also thinking, we are at a very key juncture in our community right now. And we really need to start showing up for each other in a way that I don't really think we are at the moment. What message would you want to send to the LGBTQI plus community? You just said it. And it's not just the LGBTQ plus IA alphabet city community. It's everybody. Mm. 
We all have to start showing up for each other. None of us can do this alone. You know, COVID did a real number on all of us. The isolation was not good. We got to get back to connecting like this again. Mm. I went out on a tour uh, in May, 25 cities in five weeks. And what was so lovely about it was A, being able to go out as myself, again, not playing a character, and also re-engaging with human bodies like this, like this, you know, not through Zoom, not through a phone, you know, just like, and the fact that like, oh, there's a little trepidation about touching. There's a little trepidation about looking somebody in the eye. It's that we have to learn, relearn it. Mm. You have to look each other in the eye. You have to look each other in the eye. And then you have this added, you know, you have this added social media component that on the surface looks like you're connecting when in fact it's the exact opposite of connecting. Uh It's the exact opposite. So, you know, we have work to do, but I'm, I'm game. Yeah, we're game for that game. I'm down. (laughs) Off the back of that, is there a conversation you've had where you've sat down with someone eye to eye and had a chat with them that's really changed your life, do you think? I have conversations like that on the regular because I always try to engage people. I had a conversation, actually I was on the way, this is interesting. I was on the way to the airport the other day, a week ago, in LA. And I was sitting in the car. I was going to get catch a red eye. And the man was driving in about, you know, it takes like 45 minutes. About 20 minutes in, he was like, you don't have much to say today, huh? And I was like, oh, well, and I didn't feel like talking. But I was like, oh, I just got finished. You know, I had just gotten finished judging um, Dancing with the Stars, Whitney Houston night. Stunning gig. Uh, It was a great gig. I opened the show. I was there all day. I was just tired. I wasn't like trying to not engage, but there was something about me that this man wanted to engage with me. So I allowed it. I let it happen and I started talking. with him and it turns out that he you know this gentleman had spent 40 years in jail and had just gotten out like four or six months prior and his friend had set him up with this car and you know he really learned a lot inside and he wants to be a screenwriter and you know he had written a script and it was just like oh 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 like i just never You just never know. And if someone is taking, and I try, if if someone's taking a leap like that and trying to engage, it's my job to just be open Mm. to that. I'm grateful that I was, that I was listening that day because I'm not always listening. We need to listen to each other more, right? We need to listen. We have to listen to each other. 
That was a beautiful moment. And we also all need to listen to the new album. Black Mona Lisa! Because it's out right now. And She's out. I've honestly loved having you here today. I've loved being here. You're a very special person. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Absolutely. And we always end on one final question. Uh-oh. Babes. Which babes. is... Babes. In the reign of your life, what's the one rule you'll always live by? Uh, do unto others. Do unto others as you would have yes. them do unto you. It's always a great one. Treat me, tr I'm gonna treat you right. So be sure to do the same. And treat yourself right as and well. And treat yourself right, Henny. And that is the lesson, babe. That is the, the lesson. lesson. That's the lesson, babe. Thanks for being here for this episode of Rain. If there are things that resonate with you, I'd love to hear from you. Get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow, and share this with someone you think should hear it. Let's get those convos going, because that is what this podcast is all about. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.